0: So, who here knows the alphabet? I do. Ah, you think you know the alphabet. Yeah. So, let's hear it. A. B. B. C. so beautiful. C, you're a cutie full of charm. D, you're a darling and E, you're exciting and F, you're a feather in my arms. G, you look good to me. H, you're so heavenly. I, you're the one I idolize. J, we're like Jack and Jill. K, you're so kissable. L, is the love light in your eyes. M, N, O, I can go on. Welcome to
1: episode 92. I am 100% sure that it's episode 92 because one of the films we're covering is from 1992, and I made that a mnemonic device, and I'm very proud of myself for figuring that out. Episode 92 of The Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. With me is the one, the only, Christine, who's not sure that's the definition of a mnemonic device. Well, not mnemonic device. <laughs> mnemonic is when it's words, right? But, but it's it's episode 92 and the year is 92. That's just the same number. Well, the Raising <laughs> Cane came out in 1992, and this uh-huh. episode is episode number 92, So I always get very confused, if anybody knows, about what episode we're on, and I have no system for remembering, but I happened to watch Raising Cain* a couple of weeks ago, shortly after we recorded episode 91, Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself, and again, for a very odd reason, I have the year very, like, tight in my head, because I remember my parents went to see this movie for their anniversary in 1992, uh, and they hated it, and all of these things were connected in my head, so... Christine, I'm just proud of myself for remembering that it's episode 92. I'm
2: really impressed. Let me have this, please. I'm impressed that you remembered that. Thank you. And I am also impressed that it is episode 92.
1: Hey, hey, we're almost at 100 in another, like, two years. We'll we'll be there. Oh, no, I think we can do it. Oh, I know we can. I'm just saying it it takes a while. (laughs) Our timeline is, is... we are more of a quality not quantity podcast is what we've decided right mm-hmm. yeah. um and just life is like all
2: those other people who record weekly or
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> what fun. are they doing what they have nothing better to do with their time so they're like shit i'll just record a podcast and put it out for everybody every week on a normal schedule yep. yeah no we have better chumps. things to do than that
2: chumps is what i
1: said. yes Okay, I've spent a lot of time in the past few weeks playing the Jeopardy app. There's a Jeopardy app, and it's amazing.
2: How's that going for it's you? It's
1: going great. I recommend it to everybody. Did you learn lots of stuff? You know, I have actually. <laughs> Especially because every once in a while they repeat questions, and I'm like, I remembered that, so now I know. That. I am learning composers. I am getting better at geography, and that that's always been my goal. Because I oh. will never get to go on G- on Jeopardy until I get good at geography, and I am not good at it now. So it's going to be another hundred episodes before I'm ready to go play Jeopardy. Geography
2: is a tough one. Mnemonic devices are techniques a person can use to help them improve their ability to remember something. So, I mean, I guess it is. If you just remembered that number
1: was the number. Yeah, no. Uh, You can't see it, but I'm doing like, I'm dancing. It's like a little bit of a cabbage patch thing going on. Uh, Yeah, I've had a lot of. um... Kathleen? No, actually. (laughs) Uh, I've had a lot of false moments of pride and overconfidence lately the other day at work I cleared out a paper jam from our printer and I cannot tell you how proud I was of doing this because it was really stuck in there and I like really 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 had to print something so it was really important for me to clear it out and it took me like 10 minutes but I did it I had you know cuts on my arm and I had toner everywhere but I fucking cleared this this jam and I I'm not even kidding as I like as soon as I got the piece I go, yeah and i know a few coworkers heard me and kind of didn't say anything and then i like banged on the printer just as like a yeah and then i was god i was proud and it turns out i didn't clear all of it there was still a little piece and i couldn't print it until the repairman came
2: oh yeah. well i mean you know what having pride in one's actions is not a bad thing
1: thank you um i so. mean i guess it's better when the pride is warranted but i yeah. appreciate your your kindness there Seems like you were halfway there. I, you know, I, I did. I had the confidence, not the stuff to back it <laughs> up. Uh, now, uh, oh, let's tell people. We've told them one movie. Yes. What movies are we covering today?
2: We are covering apparently from 1992, *Raising yes! Kane*, and um from a year from I guess from just a t- they're so timeless. Who knows what year it's from? Um, <laughs> Eighty-four. Uh, actually, the Adventures
1: give, of Buckaroo Bonsai. Uh, give the full it. title, Christine. Come on. Is it The Adventures? It's oh. no, though There's more to it. Oh yeah, I don't know the rest. The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai across the Eighth Dimension. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I couldn't remember all that. But yeah, you're right. I wonder. Uh, I got that front part. This has me wondering now. What is the longest title of a movie that did well? Oh, what's the longest title of a movie that didn't do well? <laughs> No, but that's the thing, is you've got plenty of law. Lo- I feel like it's one of those things where a movie that has too long of a title and it gets confusing to people. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wonder, like, what is a case of a really, really, really long title? that was successful financially. Because I'm sure there is... Somebody marketing Buckaroo Banzai was probably like, you know, guys, you're going to get people going to the ticket counter and they're going to forget what it is. They're going to say uh, the adventure movie and they're going to say, what, adventures in babysitting? And they're going say, yeah, I guess it's that one. I just um, like You worked in a movie theater, right? I did, but I worked in concession. Not you were never... Goods. You never sold box office. I know. I made a lot of popcorn.
2: I sold box office for solid few months maybe even like half a year so I saw a good rotation of movies go through even if it's the simplest title people don't remember <laughs> <So> <laughs> they just can't they can't get there they can't do it it's, so yeah interesting. It, they, they, they don't know how to say words they try to say <laughs> oh that movie with that actor in it but then they don't know that actor's name so they just end up vaguely motioning to something
1: What's, I think it's a Barnum quote, nobody ever lost money overestimating or underestimating the intelligence of the American public or
2: something it, to that effect. I, I called yesterday morning to talk to a dentist and I said her last name wrong and I was mortified. And by the woman's reaction, I could tell, oh, everybody says this dentist's last name <laughs> wrong. And I just like, I, people don't know what they're saying half the time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this, this, I mean, this is, this is the world we live in. Truly. All right. Well, now it's been a few weeks since we've last recorded, Christine. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been watching other than the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension?
2: Um, I actually have a smaller list. Um, I um I don't know. Movies got away from me the last few weeks. Um, I I finally watched um Loving, the Jeff Nichols <gasps> uh-huh. movie. It was on HBO or Showtime, one okay. of them. Um, I really liked it. Wasn't it so good? very good. Oh, did did you cry? I cried a lot in that movie. Um, I didn't cry a lot, but I did cry. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I did have to break it up into two sittings, okay. and I think that, that that impacted it for me.
1: Sure. Um, um, how I liked good it, is Ruth Negga?
2: It's stupid. Everybody was yep. stupid good in that. Yep. It was a. It was just. It was. You know, even if somebody were to say to you, and I don't know how somebody would say this, but if somebody were like, "Look, I don't like, like." Like things that are based on real events Or mm-hmm. I don't like things From a different time period I, I don't like that subject matter Which would be a weird thing to say But like the performance is alone yeah. Like
1: just shut up and like Well watch I feel it. like it's I have so- heard people say like Oh I don't know that just doesn't interest me much Because it doesn't It seems kind of like Oh it's just kind of a uh, based on a true story About a couple There's a lot about it that might not make anybody Drop everything and put it on but it's it's hard to um, really say. But no, fuck you. You're wrong. This is a brilliant movie.
2: Oh, it's really good. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it. I guess ugh, to be pretentious, it transcends the subject matter. Like it's yeah. just the performances and just the human interactions in it. It's I don't know. It's good and it things are sad sometimes, and, and I, it, I I I like to not be so sad all the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it, it is. It's a movie. I feel like that movie, you could have given that subject matter to a lot of different filmmakers and you would have had, you never would have had a movie as good as the one you got.
2: I completely agree with that. But I
1: think you could have had a movie that won all the Oscars, that tugged on heartstrings and had the right musical cues and it wouldn't have been the right movie because that movie doesn't do that because it doesn't have to. Yeah. It's it's so good in how quiet it is and it ends up being about these people and they're, oh yeah, I I really
2: like that movie. I liked it a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. I'm glad I finally watched it. I am glad as well. I put it off because I knew it would probably upset me yep. a little bit. Yep. But I, I was surprised. I may mean, because I had steeled myself, I did not um, become a blubbering mess mm-hmm. nearly like I thought I was. Um, I watched Spotlight. I still haven't watched it. I surprisingly really enjoyed mm-hmm. it.
1: Every um, very good things.
2: I like the people in it for the most part because I don't like... Um, what's-his-face Batman Michael Keaton there it is (laughs) lost it um couldn't forget his couldn't remember his name for a minute I don't really enjoy him just personal preference okay um but I like everybody else in it and I thought the subject matter I find speaking of subject matter Mm -hmm. really interesting I'm very interesting in this it kind of took place in my backyard like oh yeah very close to where I grew up so it was very much in the news um and it read like continue to resonate you know sure um and and i was like i'll give it a shot even though it's you know like an oscar movie but that's not that became a dirty word at some point
1: yeah the whole oscar bait uh took on the wrong yeah
2: but it's but i was surprised at how much i liked it. it is streaming on netflix okay okay i've I've meant to watch it i
1: just haven't had the moment
2: yeah i enjoyed it um Finally watched Guardians Two. It's one of the first Marvel movies that I made the conscious choice to not see in the theater. Ooh, okay, I needed, I needed a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's kind of messy. I don't like so aspects of the plot, but it was funny, and I like those characters. So okay. it was, it was a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I got talked into watching um, Tom Cruise's The Mummy.
1: <laughs> I've, I've heard many things about it. What did, what did you think? It is.
2: Okay. There are worse movies. (laughs) Um, It is really, really bad. Um, But the thing is, you you know, I always say the worst thing a movie can do is be boring. Yep. Um, It wasn't boring. Okay. But it wasn't
1: good. So (laughs) you're on an island and there's a DVD player and um, you have to eat one of the DVDs. No, you have to use one of the DVDs as a key to unlock stuff. The other DVD you can save and watch. Okay. You have Tom Cruise, The Mummy and sleepwalkers which one do you destroy which one do you watch watch sleepwalkers okay 100 percent. that tells me a lot about what i needed to know about this movie got it
2: it's it's in there i've read critique about the female um female female people in it (laughs) the female characters in it um one of them is um the protagonist from the annabelle movie
1: Oh, from the first one. Okay. I yeah. liked her in Annabelle. I
2: love her. She's also yeah. an X Men first class for five seconds. I really enjoy her. So I saw mm-hmm. her and I was like, oh, hey. And then I like the lady that plays the mummy.
1: She was an atomic blonde, right? She's yes. a French woman. Okay.
2: Yes. She's been in a smattering of things lately. She keeps popping up. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy about that. I like both of them. But it's not about them, it's about Tom Cruise and how Tom Cruise affects their lives. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, okie dokie So not much, not much going on in that movie.
1: Gotcha. Um,
2: I watched Death Note, um, which okay. is on
1: Netflix. Yes, uh, causing much controversy. I know.
2: Yeah, I have no relationship with any of the source material. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I thought it was boring okay. and a bit kind of messy. Mm-hmm. So
1: it was a I movie it or it it was a mini series. I
2: it was a movie. Okay. Um It wasn't that long either. It was maybe an hour and a half. It didn't feel long. Um but like that's that's Adam Wingard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I'm up and down on him. What is he what is going on with him? Sometimes I'm like waving the Adam Wingard yeah, flag yeah, and yeah, I'm yes, too. a hundred times yes, and then I'm like, Sir, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And this you. is one of those cases. I, like, wanted to like it, and I I was even willing to be like, okay, well, you made a conscious choice to set this story in, like, America, so it's super Americanized, and there's nothing about the source material that's translating. Okay, maybe I'll I'll, I'll give that a pass. But then it was, like, weird and sloppy and Mm. confusing. It, It was, like, nothing happens in it, but it's really rushed, which is weird. That is odd. I, I, I if you have no interest in it. I don't. I
1: don't yeah. yeah. <laughs> like
2: um we watched a movie called It Comes at Night. This you... is the
1: um apocalypse movie. Yes. Um Joel Edgerton in this one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've He's I've heard smart. a lot about this movie. And unheard. I remember the first, like, when I heard the synopsis, I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this. And then I heard a review that's like, it's really boring. I'm like, okay, maybe I don't have to watch this.
2: Yeah, no, I don't think, I think it's really boring. Is mm. It's selling it a bit short. It's not an apocalypse movie. Do not approach it like that. Good to know. Um, I liked it a lot. It was very slow. It was very deliberate. Um, sure, I guess not a lot happens in the classic sense of things happening. But, I mean, it's characters and relationships and... It was creepy. There were some, like, mysterious elements about it that I wish maybe they had played up a little bit more. Okay. And that made it feel more meaty. Mm. But, like, I would never say it was boring. Okay. Um, I watched a movie called IT on Netflix.
1: <laughs> and yeah. I only... That's good timing. Only
2: reason... Yeah, I know. I wrote it down in my list as IT. And then kept getting confused because I haven't seen it, but I guess going like, "Why did I?" Ra- oh, it's it. Um, <laughs> it stars Pierce Brosnan. If you see this movie, don't click on it.
1: That's all. Oh, you you're teasing me. You know that now. I'm too curious not to. No, it's not even bad. Oh, it's just a waste of time.
2: Okay, that's good to know. Uh, I finally watched All Good Things, which is that Ryan Gosling, Kirsten Dunst movie that's co- like based on Robert Durst and the murdering and stuff.
1: History you know murders, that? Um, no, I guess I there, don't. There's that Robert Durst, you know, that's the title who- and it sounded familiar, but, um, oh,
2: there was uh, that, the jinx, that was the name of that document. Oh, right, okay. Right?
1: Okay. And so this so, is the same case.
2: Yeah. So I, and please, you know, I could be wrong. I'm not looking at anything, but I'm pretty sure the director, the guy who directed this movie, All Good Things, is is the guy who made the documentary. You are
1: correct. I'm looking at okay. it up right now. Okay, cool.
2: So the movie came first, though, right? It
1: did, 2010.
2: Okay. So I I had known that and I had said, I know that movie. I've seen that DVD cover. I should probably check that out at some point. It's okay but I think it's really hurt by the fact that you know what actually happened because ah. you potentially watched the documentary sure. and now you want the crazy bullshit that actually, you want to see it without any mystery or without, mm-hmm. you, know, you just want it as a, a straight narrative and not, not a movie. Um, it was maybe one of the first times I really liked Ryan Gosling in something though. Interesting. So. That's
1: right. You're not, you're not a fan of the baby goose.
2: I am not I do not like it but uh yeah so that was on Hulu I think so I think worth checking out okay. um I watched nine lives
1: <laughs> oh wait is nine lives the Kevin Spacey cat movie oh yes it is oh okay is it as amazing as uh... I can't remember who said this but somebody made a comment that movie if you watch the trailer for that movie it looks like a fake movie on an episode of the Simpsons <laughs> You should be you know hang up on me and go and watch it. Is it that good? I think it's on Amazon Prime. I've seen it somewhere, hard. so it might be Amazon Prime. I've been on there a um, lot lately. I laughed so
2: hard at this movie.
1: <laughs> the cat is so cute. Oh, that 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 sells me on it. And Christopher Walken is in it? Okay, why not? I lo- I re- I re- it's it it is
2: like it you know what it's it knows what it's doing okay like in no way is it being coy it's a fucking talking cat movie and it knows what it's doing i enjoyed the hell out of it
1: ironically or no
2: no like for real i laughed at it and like like it's it's really by the books like the dude gets stuck in a cat
1: <laughs> as as we all do every once in a while am well, i right it's
2: like oh my gosh it's a body swap movie with a cat except the cat's not in a man's body
1: where, so where does the cat go I don't know. Nowhere? I don't, maybe no, I missed is the I cat, like, it. stuck in purgatory no, no, or something? Everything goes okay. Does the cat come back as a cat?
2: Yes. Okay. All right. I'm po- almost positive. I, started, I This is when <laughs> I was sick. I started to
1: fall asleep at the end. <laughs> maybe that's why you enjoyed this movie so much. <laughs> no, I thought it was funny. Okay. Okay. I will it's I will the... not take that away from you. I will watch it and t- give you my opinion. Ugh. <sighs> it's not the best thing ever but it's still good um
2: <laughs> i can quote almost four full seasons of the simpsons but i've never seen the simpsons movie but um i watched the simpsons
1: movie for okay the first what did you think of it i mean i guess it was okay um yeah i saw it when it came out i don't think i've ever rewatched it i saw it in the theaters but i think that was it and i remember oh, it was really enjoying 18- it
2: really upsetting it's it's a little bit too on the nose yeah Now that that tends
1: to happen with the simpsons episodes
2: so i was like oh this is upsetting yeah but um there was a couple good jokes i really don't one of my least favorite things is is homer the idiot sure but like like a dangerous idiot yep i don't really like that and that's kind of the whole kind of what it
1: hinges on yeah
2: but i'm glad i finally watched it good um Two more, I watched the Baywatch movie. Thoughts. Hated it.
1: Yeah. Which is a real shame. Yeah. I was hopeful for that because it looked like it could have been really fun. And then I have not heard anybody, both critics and our friends, I've heard nobody give it a defense. It it's like some of the writing
2: was good and some of the there were jokes in it. There was just something really weird about the direction. Slash delivery that okay. it, almost like everyone was stepping on top of their jokes like n- it wasn't hitting yeah nothing was landing and that really bums me up because I do think The Rock is funny mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's a great cast and I am
2: a hundred percent pro Zac Efron me too like and uh, the whole time I'm watching it I'm thinking oh I wish I was watching Neighbors right now because that <laughs> is a movie that I think he is funny in um. It was. It really bummed me out. Um, I had high hopes for it, I'm sorry. and yeah, it's okay. I, I'll get over it. I had no idea it was even out too. It really, like, with a with a whimper and a bang, like nothing, nothing happened. Because it was
1: hyped. Um, I mean, that was supposed to be one of the big or yep. the big summer comedy, and you know, this summer in general for the box office has been such a disaster.
2: Yeah, and and I had like. I was like, oh, I, you know, let's go see what's what's out. <laughs> it, it's been out, apparently. <laughs> like, on DVD, I had no clue. Um, <laughs> uh, and last one, last night, I went to go see Annabelle Creation. What did you think? I liked it. Okay. Um, I really like Annabelle. Me too. Good. Did you see Cre- Creation?
1: I did, yeah. Uh, did I you loved like it? it? I did. Okay. I really loved it. I think I, I liked it more than Annabelle. I found it sc- – because I, I actually found this one scary. Annabelle, to me, oh, is, is not a scary movie, but it's really – Annabelle scared the shit Did out it, of me. Really? I, this one didn't scare me. This one got me. I mean, this one's a lot more – I mean, in part, the like, Annabelle isn't really a scary doll movie. The doll is just yeah. kind of there to start things, but it's ultimately much more, I don't know, a sort of ghost – Catholic pregnant woman, like it's all these other things going on, and I really like Annabelle. I think it was a movie that could have been done, and I I don't really understand why they went the direction they did because I think it might have hurt. I think that's why people didn't like Annabelle. They were expecting a killer doll movie. They didn't get it. Yeah, but I really like it. I think it's a really strong film. Annabelle creation. I I was watching it. I got into it. I was jumping at some of the jump scares i was i was sitting next to jason watching this who helps that kind of thing along um but it was a movie where i was i was scared watching animal creation
2: yeah there was some good there was some good stuff in it for sure i'm trying to think whether or not like we were in a theater that really couldn't stop moving and making noise and kept coming and
1: going so that kind of took me out of it it's a very moody film where it's all about the lights went out and now i'm walking in a dark room and i don't know what's over there that's a movie like kind of like the conjuring where i think you're almost better off watching at home if you're not going to be in a quiet theater for it
2: yeah yeah so i would be into um i because i kind of wanted to rewatch annabelle before we went right but we, i didn't get a chance um yeah same here so i would be i'd be okay once this one hits like dvd sitting and watching them both again and mm-hmm. i might have but i liked it like if i talk about it everything that they d- it did and yeah. everything that happened i liked
1: it made a lot so, of smart choices
2: oh for sure yeah. it could have been a fucking train wreck yep,
1: yep great if cast, you write the down, girls are great
2: yep if you write down everything that movie is is aiming to do it could have been yeah, and awful. you give it
1: to a different director or a different yep. production company and you are gonna have a disaster yeah
2: i completely agree
1: all right so i'm
2: glad you saw it
1: finally yeah. and i'm glad it did really well too
2: yeah it, i mean that's i the, was surprised
1: it was still out i was surprised because i think it. i think the first opening weekend was kind of weak but this summer has been, I mean, kind of fascinating uh, for the movie industry because nothing has really went the way they thought it would. And there was that one weekend—I think it was the weekend after Annabelle came out—where there were no new major releases, mm-hmm. which is insane for the summertime. Uh, and I think that maybe that—I mean, it was soft competition, but it ended up making a lot of money. So cool. I'd want. Yeah, that's good. These. Yeah. All right, that's everything you got. That's it. All right. Well, my list. I obviously went to the movies to see Annabelle: Creation. I Ooh. also went to the movies today uh, to see it. So,
2: I so we were going to go to the drive-in last night to see it and Annabelle together. Mm-hmm. But then the drive-in, apparently being an hour and a half away, is a deterrent to some people, <laughs> not me. Um, yeah.
1: Um, okay. So it, it there's a I think. Obvious, probably the most talked-about movie of the year, certainly within like the circles you and I both run in. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. I did not love it. I was not scared by it. Uh, I think it made a lot of good choices. The kids are great. Uh, I love the, that they said it in the 80s was an incredibly smart decision because, A, that's your audience, ultimately. And it also just made everything... Close, you remembered things that you kind of you know, got into the kids very easily. Um, and I liked some of the visual choices, but yeah. I just was not ever <laughs> watching this movie. I was never scared. I was <laughs> never on edge. Part of it, I, I've read the book, I've watched the miniseries, I'm really familiar with the material. And maybe that's why scene after scene of. Pretty well done scares and you know little vignettes with each kid, but after the first one, I know they're all going to kind of end the same way, and the stakes feel really low for most of the movie because you very quickly kind of realize, oh, this is happening. It's there, but it's not physically doing anything, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Then, like, the more we talked about it, the more it was like, oh, but why, you know, when you think about it, why does Pennywise kill this person but then can't kill these kids and so on? And I don't know. Ultimately, like, I'm okay with it. I probably would, I don't know, probably give it, like, a six and a half, I think, out of ten. It, I don't don't know what it could have done that would have worked better maybe broken from the novel a little more uh just to kind of surprise me here and there more um yeah but yes it was enjoyable but i just didn't feel much from it and i would have liked to feel more i guess yeah i'll be curious i'm sure you're gonna get to see it right
2: i may probably uh, there's a chance not in the theater but like in general yes i will i will see it at some point okay um i I don't know like so was it at least enter was it entertaining was it compelling
1: to me the best parts were not were the kids just being kids and kind of talking to each other yeah they're great their dialogue I think for the most part is really good and it kind of moves and again the young actors are great the kid from stranger things is Richie and he's fantastic and kind of steals every scene he's in uh the, Mm -hmm. the girl is is amazing um and the kid who plays Bale is very good, uh. So yeah, I didn't not enjoy watching it. Yeah, but I just—that's good. I mean, I'm okay if it's yeah. not scary, but like still. And again, does, I mean, the designs cool are pretty that. cool. And I'm saying, oh, it should have strayed from the novel. A lot of it does. A lot of some of the yeah. choices it makes are different from the novel as far as what scares what kid and everything. But I think I just felt for a movie that um. I think I just felt very low stakes, and I wanted more surprises. And I kind of very quickly fell into the rhythm and kind of knew what I was getting. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I'm I'm curious. I mean, I know again, some people have been raving about it. Maybe I went in expecting a little much, uh, Mm -hmm. and I and I'm not going to be the person that's sounding in the chorus of "No, it's not that good. No, it's it's good. It just for me, I couldn't connect to it the way I wanted to." Which is kind of what I said about The Conjuring Two last time. That yeah. movie just didn't scare me. It didn't, it, you know. It it I didn't like surrender to it, and that's what I want to do when I'm watching a movie. And I just had a hard time with that. Which actually might come up today in the movies we talk about, but uh, we'll get there. Okay, let me go through the other the rest <laughs> of my list. Okay, um, I watch um, the rare time when I like queue up a new comedy. I watch Popstar Never Stop Stopping. Yes, this is fantastic. I loved it. It's really funny. It's very funny. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an SNL person. I haven't, I don't really watch it. I don't really watch much Andy Samberg. But this movie was hilarious and deserved to do better than it did.
2: Yeah, I liked it. We yeah. saw it in the theater. I
1: thought it, it was really good. Good for you to give that movie money. It deserved some. Yeah, it was good. All right, I watched a lot of lot of horror movies in various places. So a couple of Netflix ones. One was The Chosen. Okay. Um this is a weird movie because it feels like um it has a good good premise. It's a basically what is it? A kid's uh, like a young guy, like 19-year-old kid, his niece ends up somehow getting like possessed by a demon and the whole thing is like you can get rid of the demon but you have to kill six family members in order to do that.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um So meanwhile, he has, like, an elderly grandmother and grandpa. He has kind of this, like, bum of an uncle. So it's sort of this, oh, God, do I sacrifice them for my innocent niece who really doesn't deserve this when they've lived their lives? Um, It's a weird movie because it starts off taking itself really seriously, and it's pretty good. Like, the family dynamic's really interesting. And then it kind of feels like at some point they had to do effects and scares and realize their budget was so small that they would just make the CGI – Terrible and kind of turn it into a comedy Okay So I don't know what Tone they were going for At a certain point it almost feels a little bit like A little Sam Raimi-esque But it's not good enough to do that So I don't recommend it Ultimately but I did not enjoy Watching it so interesting yeah whatever definitely what
2: you probably what you probably didn't expect that when you started i didn't i thought i was
1: just <laughs> you know the premise looked good so i'm like all right yeah. let me give this one a chance i start watching it it's it's good for like a good half hour it's this serious family the first death is really sad and scary because it's an old woman who falls and you hear her bones crack and you're like oh this has really got me uh and then at a certain point i'm like wait is this funny like is this kid Like, I can't tell if this actor is playing this as if it's a comedy or not. And I don't know that the actor knew. I don't know that the director knew. So Mm -hmm. that's... But hey, it was different. So there. Um, Upon your recommendation, I watched, finally, (gasps) Beyond the Gates. Oh, yay! I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was... I wonder if there was stuff cut out. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. there was more that I wanted to know. And there was more, like, mystery that isn't fully solved in some ways. But I really enjoyed it. Again, yeah. this is a movie that is not like – like, look at the plot of that movie. You're not seeing that movie anywhere, and that's the kind of movie I want to see. So, I,
2: Yeah, I, they, but there were definitely aspects of it where I was like, okay, stop doing this. I want to know more about this other thing. Right, right, right.
1: Yeah, and there yeah. was a lot – you felt like there was a lot more you could have learned, even about the game, about the history, about the dad. Yeah. Uh, there's just – and that, I think that says something to a movie when it's so – you know. It gives you enough that you want more of it. Um, so yay for a uh, friend of the show, Steven Scarlatta, co-writer yay! and producer. Um, and yeah. yay for my, my old college buddy, Graham Skipper, who's in the movie. Yes, you, has, you said that. Yeah, I remember I was excited you saying that. I to see him, and he was great in it. Um, I watched a movie that I specifically wrote a note on because I think it'll make you excited. It was a movie that was filmed in Rhode Island. <gasps> what movie? It's called Exeter. It is. Hey, a- I like that movie. You My say- friend is a stunt double in that neat, movie. It's neat. I started this movie just kind of on, on a whim, just saw, like, teenagers uh, party in a, men- a an in asylum. What? I'm like, yep, yeah, yeah. I'm going to watch this. Uh, and I'm watching it, I'm like a half hour into it, and I pause it, because I'm like, this movie's made really well. Yeah. Like It really it is. This movie isn't doing anything new. I get the feeling that I can tell everywhere it's going. Yeah. But I'm really curious, who made this? And I look up, and sure enough, it's Marcus Nisvell um it,
2: the, the teenagers are a little too mean at points it is extremely by the book but it yep. is really compelling and watchable yeah and the kids like the cast is
1: actually really good they're not given much as far as their characters go but like they're really watchable um the like the blonde girl who's kind of like the throwaway like slutty girl of the group and you know is going to die. I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um like the main kid I thought like I I was watching him, I was with him. It the effects for the mo- like look good at a certain point they're a little CGI heavy, but that setting is fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I feel like they, they probably that is probably a real building. Um and yeah, and, and it's funny too. And that's what I really appreciated at was it it knew how to handle humor While not lightening its tone at all It just where things get so intense That there's almost something funny about it The movie let let it be funny And it was interesting Because it was one of those Like I, I will probably forget this movie At a certain point in time It doesn't do anything new But it really does go to show There is an art to making a movie like this And when you give it to somebody Who knows how to make this kind of movie You're going to end up with a good product yeah.
2: all right yeah i i enjoyed it even though i was like eh, this is i've seen eight other versions yep, of this yep
1: yeah it's fine but, though but this one's good yeah all right so i have a couple so i don't know if you've noticed this amazon prime has become the shit like, i i in a good enjoy, way. the prime yeah like, remember how Netflix used to be where you could watch all of these like old movies you couldn't find anywhere? They've all left Netflix and gone to Amazon Prime. Granted, they look awful. They're not preserved. The film quality is not good. But I can suddenly watch movies that I otherwise could not see. So mm-hmm. um, the list of movies from there. 1990s Mirror. Mirror. This is a horror film. Karen Black is in it. Oh, okay. I've never seen it, but I do know what this is. I think you dig it. It's um, it's directed by a female, which is a rarity for a slasher or not a slasher, but any kind of horror film of this era. Uh, It's about a mother and daughter move to a house that has a haunted mirror the mirror seems to possess the young, the teenage daughter who's totally Winona Ryder from Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like she suddenly gets popular and all this, you know, increasingly bizarre murder scenes and such. Um, it's very late eighties. It's, but it, it feels a little different. I'm surprised I've never heard of this movie. I never knew anything about this movie because I, I would have loved this when I was 10, basically. Um, not great by any means but kind of kind of offbeat kind of funny and pretty weird so i think you'd like it
2: Hmm, well that's a good it's it's almost um spooktoberween so i do need i need um recommendations all right put that that one on there i think you should
1: watch this one for that because it's it's a good halloween movie too because it's very much it moves really quickly and it's a lot of crazy deaths and all that stuff okay um a movie I'd never watched and I'd always wanted to because I knew it had a figure skating death scene in it, and that is Curtains. Oh yeah, I've never seen that either. But you know about the figure skating death scene. I do. Yes. Yes. How was it? Um you know it's a mess, but it's an entertaining yeah. mess. It there's so much going on that seems like there's more that needs to be going on. Uh, and as I'm watching this, I just kept thinking, I'm like, this movie is a mess of a movie. You have a lot of really good elements. You have um, Susanna, not Susanna George, Susanna York? Susan York? Susanna. I always get Susan George and Susanna York confused. <laughs> the one in the brood and the collector with the red hair. Oh, what is her name? Either I Susan George or Susanna George or Susanna York or Susan York. Uh, one of those things. It's...
2: Susan maybe Susan York I'm gonna look but please continue talking
1: she is fabulous in it um she's like you could tell she's kind of in a movie that she's probably thinking why am I doing this movie Mm -hmm. but fuck she's amazing in it uh it's a crazy premise it's you know a director is making a movie and needs to cast his young ingenue so he has six young actresses come to a cabin To audition. Oh, this is
2: such an Emily
1: premise Exactly. But meanwhile, Suzanne uh, York George uh, was supposed to be in the movie, but she committed herself to an asylum to research the part, but then really went crazy. But now she's back in the house. And is she killing people? Is one of the girls (gasps) killing people? Is there somebody else killing people? Somebody's wearing a crazy mask and killing people figure skating, and it's amazing, but it's a mess. Uh, And it turns out
2: Is this somebody that you're thinking of named Samantha Egger? Samantha Egger.
1: Okay. (laughs) Who's Susan York? I looked up the collector first. I was like none of these names are in there. Wait, Samantha Egger. Who's who's Susan Susanna York, Susan York, Susan I I've added a third British um, actress, haven't I? Susan York? No. Susanna York. There's a Susan York, but I don't think it's there's a suit su- this is the best podcast ever <laughs> There's i see the there's sculptor a susanna york that's not who i'm looking at in- S- superman susanna york maybe she's that's- british. Su- see okay so they are british so, i don't know there's a lot of Susan susanna's whatnot it's all it's it's like how chris is the name of an actor playing a superhero nowadays Yes. Between 1960 and 1980 there were a lot of British actresses who had Susan in part of their name. Anyway, Samantha Eggers is Not Samantha Eggers. Back to that. But this apparently Sounds good too. What's that? This movie sounds good too. Curtains? Yeah. You should see it. But I think it's all, I mean it's very much um, I guess kind of minor cult film. It was yeah. it wasn't available for a while. I mean, uh, I know that cover like that's oh yeah and you've seen stills from it i'm sure yeah um you apparently it was filmed like over a course of like two or three years they filmed half of it and then stopped and recast half of it and got a new director Mm -hmm. and finished it and it feels like that it does feel like a messed up product uh doesn't always work it's it's a it is a mess but it's an entertaining mess and it has interpretive dance and figure skating so um okay another amazing movie from the 80s on amazon prime right now killer workout
2: which which i have never seen <gasps> christine
1: is it really good is it like really good okay on a scale of one to 910 oh it's a 900 how attractive uh, do you find ken Forey? oh uh, like about 850 <laughs> okay Now, let me ask you this. How attractive would you find him if he were to be wearing a set of shorts that came to his knees that were dark blue and had a stripe on the sides and a matching blazer with oversized sleeves with a rainbow bright esque collar? The answer is 150. Less. Trust me. Trust me. No, you're wrong.
2: (laughs) Um. I didn't know he was in that. He is, and he's. See, just, kind of... I always say people need to know how to sell things to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, clearly you know I how. I, I am now much more interested yep. than yep.
1: I was. Uh, I always got this film confused. I thought this, this, and Death Spa were the same movie. They're not. Yeah, um, but this is 1989, I think, or yeah, 89. In a gym in L.A., in the most 1989 gym in L.A. you've ever seen, crazy things are happening and people are getting canned to death and, oh, love it. Bl- and and they're getting, like, they're making health shakes and they're getting blended to death. uh, They're getting bench-pressed to death and showered to death. As you do. It's yep. ridiculous. Um, The fashion itself is reason enough to see this movie. The killer, who is a Ghosts inhabiting her brother. It is. It is messed up. This is a great movie for October Spookathon. I. I have. I have now started a list. Okay. A new good. List. Good. I'll Just good. these because I know they're streaming. Okay. Yes. All right. Another one that's streaming. It's not great for your list, but maybe it is. Um. <laughs> again, the great thing about Amazon Prime, they're suddenly putting everything on there. Uh, did you know that Anna Ferris's first movie was a slasher made in 1999 called Lovers Lane?
2: Oh. Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, that sounds
1: fun! It is so not good, but it is so nineties. Mm-hmm. Like the fashion in this movie, every screenshot you could take, Are characters wearing things that you or somebody you knew wore in the nineteen nineties. Like, they got the hemp necklaces. Yeah, they got, like the guys have the sweaters with the single stripe going around the chest. Oh, um, boy. The girls have what like, a those time. little barrettes that you know you'd use for your hair. It's, um, this movie isn't good, but it's also kind of crazy because it's kind of just a standard slasher of the 90s, but then it has a crazy multiple killer ending that feels also very scream ripped off, um, but that's kind that kind of redeems it. The kills are hard to see, it's a poorly lit film, but okay. again, you see Anna Ferris die in a kind of ridiculous way, and then make a Anybody ridiculous else dead face. Anybody else of note in it? No, not that I recognized. Hmm. Um, the character, the actress who plays like the bitchy character is really funny. She's been in other things, but it, I couldn't remember. I, nothing I'd seen. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Uh, this one was not a streaming, this was a DVD of Brannon's. We watched a night, 19- the 1988 BBC miniseries on Jack the Ripper with Michael Caine and Hi. Jane Seymour. This was fun. This was good. Uh, Apparently, I think it's fairly well known. If anybody knows mini British mini I guess mm-hmm. uh, it's just purely it's a two-parter. Oh, oh, and Susan George is in this movie. Oh, Susan George, Susanna George. God damn it! The one from Straw Dogs is in this movie. She's a hooker, and it doesn't work out well for her. <laughs> uh, but this is very like. Big budget, Victorian England, everything looks great, everybody sounds great, Armand Sante is in it. Um, it's a if, if you have any, like, Jack the Ripper uh, fandom, this is definitely something you should watch. I do find it very interesting. I think you would enjoy this. I have no idea if it's streaming anywhere, but I think your library would have it, I'm sure. Mm Okay. All right, back to Amazon Prime. I ended up watching a movie. I don't normally watch these movies, but I felt, I don't know, kind, I guess. Um, it was a horror movie called Soul Eater. Okay. I watched it because, remember, last time we talked, I'd watched um, that Heath Ledger Movie with Peter Weller, uh, The Order, and that movie had a yes, 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 yes. What was it? A Soul Taker in it or something? Mm-hmm. So like, I was like Soul Taker. I gotta watch Soul Eater. Um, this is a really low budget horror movie where you can, and I feel like that made by people that make a lot of movies like at this exact level, yeah. um, and so it's it's really low budget, but I felt like it actually for its budget and for its probably very limited resources everybody in it was trying and that was enough and this, for me this one is streaming right this was on amazon prime
2: yeah yeah because i looked it up on imdb and that that cover is it.
1: yeah it's uh like a big kind of zombie face to it um it's, yeah yeah yeah, yeah it, it, it this is for the people that that don't mind and or like really low but like the kind of movies that you have like you feel like your friends could make And I don't mean to say that meanly. Like, this is just a movie that would never play on a big screen. Mm -hmm. But for that, you could tell that the filmmakers and the cast really were into it. And they gave it their all. And it feels like this is a product they should be proud of. Um, Also on Amazon Prime, I think this was your recommend at one point. Uh, A movie that I I... Saw the trailer for it, and I thought, this is the most ridiculous trailer I've seen in since um, be, that Beastly movie with one of the Olsen twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the trailer starts, I'm like, I've seen this movie, it's called 13 Sins, and then it was remade, and the remake was really good. But then it kept going, and it turned, it was like one of those trailers that was like nine different movies in one. But the movie was delightful, and that movie is Nerve. Oh, I love Nerve! I remember you enjoying it, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like Nerd a lot. Um, yeah, I remember seeing the trailer. I'm like, it's 13 Sins. I've seen two versions of 13 Sins, but it's not. It's based on a YA novel. I felt, like, really young and hip watching it. Yeah, right? Because, like, it's totally a movie, like, made for millennials. Yeah. And, like, even, like, the filming I thought was really, like, all the neon in that movie Like it yep. looked good It looked young It felt young And I really like I feel like I might have learned Like a couple of acronyms the kids use now From watching well, that movie. Yep Gotta stay up to date With That's what right. the kids are doing Yeah You know Um. So I recommend it I really enjoyed it I'm glad you liked it Yeah I remember Like I never would have watched it But I remember you Really liking it And seeing it like oh, God it landed on somebody's Like top ten list Where they were like No this movie's just really fun And it is, it really is fun, Like yeah. It's it's made by the guys who did um, Catfish and yep. the Paranormal Activity three and four I think yep, I which think are the so. good ones yep um, four yeah and they I really like the energy they make movies with
2: mm-hmm. they it's, have it's not breaking any it's not like breaking any molds or like doing anything crazy but it's sometimes it's cool to watch
1: a well made well acted fun thing yeah. And it just and I feel like with all of their stuff, like they feel young, like their movies feel hip and modern. And there's something really interesting about that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Then just two documentaries on both on Netflix. One was Banking on Bitcoin, which I think you also watched, right?
2: I I did watch a Bitcoin documentary and there's a new Bitcoin documentary that I'm interested in watching. Problem is they all have the word Bitcoin in them. and I don't know which is which. (laughs)
1: This is the one that's on Amazon and Alex Winter is in it at some point. Okay. I th- I think this is the one I'm waiting okay. to watch. Yeah, um, I, I think bitcoins are confusing and interesting. So that's the whole thing. I watched this movie because I'm like, I don't know what, I don't understand bitcoin. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I, I get the idea of it, but I really don't understand it. And I feel like, like, at work, I feel like I should understand it. Like, it's one of those, like, oh, you get it, right? Because you're young ish. And I'm like, no, I'm not, apparently I'm not young enough. So I watched this movie hoping to, like, understand it. I still can't explain it to you. Yeah. I just, because it's not just internet money, there's more to it, and it's very confusing. So much more go to it, yeah. because of it, apparently. Um, and then I watched another documentary called From Fat to Finish to Finish Line. And it's about a bunch of people that lost a bunch of weight and then ran a, um, like, relay race. And it's just one of those, like, feel-good, yeah. hey, like, you-can-do-this movies that I felt I needed because I was trying to start running again and I was having a hard time with it. I'm like, see, if they were fat, fatter than me, and they did it. So, <laughs> uh, And then lastly, on Amazon Prime, I watched um, one of... Probably one of the most politically incorrect musicals of all time. I say that, but I'm so wrong. There are so much worse when it comes to musicals. Uh, The Pajama Game from 1957, 59, something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doris Day is in this. Um, I had never, I hadn't really, I didn't really know the show. I know some of the songs. It has some great songs. It has a a song I played at my wedding because it's just a really great, sexy song about two people being in love. Um, and this movie was the mu the musical stuff was great. It's Bob Fosse choreographing, so the dancing is very sexy and ridiculously choreographed. Um, but boy, politically is this a hard one? Yeah, just tell me, Christine. When you st- are at your job, and yes. you know the boss calls you in, like not like the boss, but like your supervisor calls you in to um. Uh, after like an event where you know, like you were the union rep at your company, let's say, okay, and so like you have like a bit of a like a business meeting with your supervisor because he like mistreated an employee, uh-huh. and then he calls you back in his office and he basically says you're the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Go to dinner with me. Yes. Um. Within like one more scene, do you then like totally just say like Yeah, you're right. Let's let's do this, and that's it. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, yeah.
2: I know my place,
1: uh, right. and people just wear me down. And if an attractive man in a position of power above you um, mm-hmm. tells do I, you – Did I really have a choice? Yeah, he wants you to be your, his girl. You, I mean, what else are you going to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, the movie fine. treats I'll it like that's face. totally okay. And then yeah. there's a subplot with a character whose boyfriend is very jealous, um, and there's, like, a song about it, how he's going to, like, try not to be jealous anymore, and it's all, like, cute because he's, like, really trying, and um, – And then he sees her with another man, and then uh, what commences is a scene where, because he's a knife thrower, like he used to be a knife thrower, where he runs around throwing knives at her. Oh, good. And it's treated like, oh, that's just Carl. Yeah. Um, So this movie, to say the least, is problematic, but I'm used to that with my musicals of the 1950s. Uh, Okay, that's uh, everything I've been watching. So. Pretty solid list. Yeah. Now, Christine, how much John Lithgow <laughs> are you ready to handle today? Um, two movies worth and countless accents. <laughs> so many accents. Like We're saying two movies, but it's like two movies times much because we get a lot of John Lithgow in Raising King. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you want to start with? Um... I ask the hard-hitting questions around Raising Cain, I all know. All right, we're going to take a break and come back with 19 what year? 92s. That's right. And what episode are we doing? 92. How about them fucking mnemonic devices? Yeah! <laughs> I don't remember. All right, we'll be right back.
0: Listen all you Rolling Stones When you leave your happy homes When you start leaving your own people, things all seem to go wrong. There's a saying old today, chicks come home to roost, they say. But let me tell you one thing, when you wander away, no one loves you any better than your M-O-W-M-O-Y. And when you start to cry, she'll dry each tearful, make you cheerful, no matter what your thoughts always stray back to that little shack a cozy little nest so far away m is for the mid midspies she used to bake always for the oatmeal she'd always make double m is for the many miles you had to roam and why is that you're yearning just to get back home and though you roam this whole world over sure a love like hers you can't buy 1992
1: christine do you remember where you were when raising cane came out
2: um no i was 10
1: yes as was doing I. something doing something that 10 year olds do probably at a girl scouts meeting perhaps oh that's fun yeah i i like girl scouts back in the day and i still appreciate them because they sell good cookies they now, do uh raising cane yeah Tell the people christine uh and let's just say this is one that which is true of a lot of De Palma. it's Really hard to talk about his movies Without talking about all parts of them So I'm gonna Kind of say we're going to Spoil this movie because I think it's Also more about style Than story in many ways Yeah um, um, so I, I'm just gonna So I I don't want to accidentally avoid Giving something away so I'm just Gonna say we are gonna probably spoil this movie
2: Yes Yeah I would say so um, I was toying with whether or not so, do you want me to give a synopsis? I do. Okay, I was gonna read one, but like, it was not a good one. <laughs> um, this is a hard movie to synopsis. Um Basically, John Lithgow is a, like a child psychologist, I think child so. development <laughs> yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. child guy. I don't know. Anyways, he has a kid, and he works with kids, and. It's a real slow roll to like what's actually going on. Mm-hmm, yep. Like you pick up it like is like zero to this is something fucked up real quick. Yep. Like like it's clear that there's two John Lithgows and like you you don't you don't think that they're really twins. So like I was pretty quick on like, oh, this is a split personality mm-hmm. movie. I guess I didn't realize that. So one of these personalities or this personality would like John Lithgow to um kidnap children yes. and that happens real real quick so then that leaves me thinking what else is this movie about well it is pretty much that movie. it is about that but there's there's more personalities and his wife features heavily mm-hmm. she i has a thoughts of an affair and that plays into it and there's um like a weird like Mr. X mm-hmm. and um it's a really i was gonna call it complex but i was also gonna say that it it's not complex it's pretty easy to understand there's just a lot going on in this movie
1: there is a lot yeah you got his father who was a very very famous child psychologist but yes. who um disappeared and everybody assumed he committed suicide but they never found the body and yeah, I went into this knowing there were twists, knowing um, there were multiple John Lithgow's. And I th- and I think what the movie does, it does a lot of really interesting things. What I think it tries to um, trick you into is thinking you figured it out because you figure out so quickly. They, they're not twins. One of them has got yeah. to be John Lithgow talking to himself. He's, he's crazy. He's got split personalities. And like I think what the movie tries to do then is it makes you feel smart for figuring that out. But then the twist is that, oh, yeah, and his dad? No, his dad is real.
2: Yes. So I actually – we're getting very ahead of ourselves. I actually thought that very early on because I am the person that will say, well, he took two kids. Who's right. watching those kids? <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, that's, that's weird. They never – we just – it, there was a, It was a misdirection, and I think it was interesting. And I do think, like like you just said, it was deliberate. We we just we are smart people, and we see that these two characters are actually the same characters So mm-hmm. when another John Lithgow is is um is introduced, we go like, well, so is right. he? Well, he must be too. Yeah. But they never did anything to make us think that. Right. Other than just him showing well, up because they don't, John Lithgow
1: with an accent. that yeah, he doesn't cheat. Up. I think. Um, And that's, I feel like this movie is Brian De Palma playing. This is him kind of taking all of these things that he's done with different films, all of this stuff from Hitchcock, all this stuff from uh, Michael Powell's Peeping Tom and kind of like throwing it in a sandbox and like moving stuff around and just kind of toying with different tropes and different audience expectation and all this stuff. And, you know, but at the same time, I don't think—and I could be wrong about this—he doesn't cheat. I think if you actually look at the timelines, I think they all make sense. Oh, I think so too. I don't—I don't think it's like any type of. Yeah,
2: I don't think it's anything like that. I just think it's funny how quickly. Like, you're—you're you're really accurate when you say we think we're smart. We figured it out right. really quick. I think that 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 was used to the story's advantage because we then are very quick to assume that about mm-hmm. anything else that shows up. Right. So, yeah, the twist, twist, quote unquote, is that his mm-hmm. father's not dead and he's actually orchestrating this.
1: It's a, it's it's really interesting. Yeah. And um, even the the dream sequences you get, you know, Lolita Devanovich Devanovic has, a, you know, this thing happens. It's your dream. And then it's another dream. So then, after that, you're just constantly trying to figure out: is this real or is it a dream? Yeah. And I mean, for all you know, the movie ends, and it could still be that way. And the final yeah. part, the final moment of the film—you know—when you look at it, you, you can very easily argue stylistically that is the style used during an earlier dream sequence. Mm-hmm. And so it's just—it's, you know, I—I I didn't watch it with a commentary. I, sh- I should. I would. I would have loved to do that because I feel like this. Like, De Palma probably has a lot to say, uh, but I feel like a lot of it's just kind of was him having fun. Yeah. Yeah,
2: there's um, there's a, a bit of that in maybe one of my favorite scenes in this is when Lo- Lolita Davidovich is having her makeout session in the park mm-hmm. with her not-husband, Um she there. We see her see this figure, who's John Lithgow, come yep. in coat, and we see it more than once. And it almost plays with the timeline because we think we know when she sees it, but then as it actually plays out, she sees it at a different time. And what happens with the coat is not what we might have expected. So right. it's very, it's it's really doing a lot with expectations and yep. with assumptions.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it plays around with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and it apparently... no, you watched, I'm guessing, just like the standard yeah version of it, as did I. I know they... Uh, apparently his original plan was that he, he was going to start it lin, linearly, linearly, where it was going to begin with her story of, you know, falling in love with this patient's husband and... You know, and all of that stuff was going to be how it started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, I, I, I don't know that he filmed it with that in mind, but it ended up, obviously, he didn't put it out that way. And then a fan re edited it to put it in that way. So then I think on the official DVD release that they put out recently, it has both cuts. Um, so even that kind of goes to show how, um, I guess, I feel like this movie was done in chunks. Yeah, so you have the chunk of her storyline. You have all the stuff with him and his dad. You have the Francis Sternhagen stuff when she comes into the picture, and it be- again it, it doesn't become a different movie, but it becomes a different characters movie in a way. Yeah, uh, and even and the way the movie begins as it stands now is you open on this very abrupt kidnap murder scene where you just meet this character of John Lithgow. You get him you see okay he's a he's a dad he's apparently very devoted um oh and he has a twin brother that's probably his other part uh, who just killed a woman oh my uh oh and now it's actually his wife's story for the next 20 minutes and so it it kind of defies any like it's kind of both using um what you expect but it's also like defying it by just flipping everything around in a way that no screenwriting professor would let you do if you were to hand in this script
2: but like it's never it's never outright confusing i there are a couple points where i was like well wait what's that right or wait did that happen but it's always like almost immediately answered yep like y- you she lolita goes and lays down and um i was like why is she laying down with the TV on and then i see that it's their kid on the TV and I go why the fuck is there a TV why do they have a kid on the, their kid is on the TV why do they video the kid but it's basically explained and addressed so it's like it's it's almost maybe more interesting yeah and i think that's deliberate
1: <laughs> i think he sort of introduces these things that make you go wait what oh, oh okay and i i don't th- i think it just kind of keeps you constantly um out of sorts in a way mm hmm Because you just, every, like, every storyline kind of has that moment where you're, like, you're about to ask a question and then it answers it. And it does a weird thing where by making you ask that question, it, like, both took you out of the movie but also put you in the movie in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it is really unusual in the way it's put together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found really enjoyable. I was not bored watching this movie.
2: I wasn't either. I, I was a little bit... Concerned that when it started so abruptly, that it was going to paint itself into a corner and have nowhere to go. Yep. Um, but it doesn't. And then when you it's you kind of like realize, oh wait, I'm. This is different now. I'm with the the wife character. Right. It's still interesting and it's still, but it's still relevant. It's not like she goes and does irrelevant things. It's still things that are playing directly into the story. Yes.
1: Uh, and it does that thing that De Palma does often where introducing this character that, you know, in another movie, you are expected to now be against her because we we're, we meet her about to have an affair with a man who everybody else has said is a really loving husband. Um, and so it's that whole, like... You know, it's not what most movies would do. Your your hero of your movie would not be a woman who is willingly having an affair uh, when she is married with a young daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, and this one, and and they add in like a double shot to it that the way she met this man was because his wife was in a coma and she was operating on her.
0: Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's
1: just, it's a very like kind of. Almost dares you to be like hey This like yeah She is not a saint by Typical movie standards of what a wife Is supposed to be Yeah It 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 was it, interesting And it kept you on your toes mm-hmm. Yep um, And we also As far as like random people in this movie How excited were you when you saw Gabrielle Cartera show up in the opening credits Um I guess kind of excited not as excited as i was probably not as
2: excited okay. as you i was excited I, I i didn't know that it was her until i didn't actually figure out who what her name was i don't know her name but i saw her and like we we had to look her up to make sure that's who it was okay
1: you disappoint um, me i'm sorry that's okay
2: but now i know who
1: she is and i'll never forget that's right woohoo um john L- we get like John Lithgow gets to have fun in this movie. Yes, uh, I wonder. I didn't. I don't remember this tidbit. I wonder who else was considered for this, and if anyone else was. I wonder if De Palma wrote this for him. Yeah, it would have been a really different movie. Yeah, because I think the beauty of John Lithgow, and I think this comes up also in *Buckaroo Banzai*. He knows how to go really far. Hmm. Like I mean there's actors who can Like play crazy and play really Intense Um, There is a uh, There is an art to that because you have to Do it in a way where it's still either Believable or um, You know Human or something And like John Lithgow seems to know Exactly where that line is And he does it so well And in this he gets to do so much And it's a delight to watch I think
2: he does. He does a good job with it. Um, I am not a huge fan of like <laughs> psychological things that aren't real or don't make sense. Okay, fair. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's an this like Dress to Kill is is up there in my favorite de Palmas, but I, it will never reach the height because I I hate the way whatever is happening to Michael Caine is handled. Okay, I, fair. I, I can't stand it. Um, this doesn't reach those levels for me, but, like, there's a bit of, like, throw everything at the wall quackery. I And I get it was a different time, but just for me, that, that ages so poorly that I have a hard time with it. Um, it was very psycho in, like, how at the end of Psycho there's the big, like, Dump, info dump of like, oh, yeah. these, these are the, well, these I mean, are the
1: things. Th- this is a movie that is very much um, in, like, to call this movie Psycho and Peeping Tom, like, Yes, it is so. I'm really to the glad you picked up how much Psycho
2: is in this movie because I kept pointing it out to Zach, and he's like, "Well, you could say it's it's very just very Hitchcockian." Oh and I'm come like, on, no, it's very the car psycho. scene,
1: the, the scene car- where the thank car thank is going you. in the, the car water into the water, thank and we you. are watching it. We are standing there with him watching thank it go down. You. That is a direct Psycho There's reference. There's like five music cues that are yep.
2: exactly yep. the same. No, I'm at one point, not even that far in. I said, "Oh, so this is his Psycho, huh?" Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that and so I was like what do you mean and I like well this 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 and and then then the car going into the the water happened yep. and I was like look at this fucking thing yeah. he's a, he's a psycho. I mean I'm like why are you arguing against nope, me because
1: i 100% right here you are you are 110% right and I'm really glad you picked up on it because
2: it's 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 obviously obvious yeah but I mean you,
1: his movies are so drenched in Hitchcock that... Like, right, that it's, sure, it's an easy cop-out to say, like, yeah, I bet it's uh, influenced by Psycho. But no, this but one's fucking so, influenced by Psycho. Yeah, And so,
2: in that way, I can almost talk myself back into liking it more by saying that awful info dump at the end of Psycho happens, like,
1: twice in this movie. Oh, and, and I then think, I'm kind Yeah, of, like, I think it's very it's deliberate. Yeah. And even when it happens here, like the it you know it's a very famous shot cuz it's like a 4 minute long shot where Francis Sternhagen is going through this entire the history of John Lithgow's family and it's a tracking shot it's her and the two cops walking yeah. um and it, again, it, it is a four-minute. And I mean, De Palma did this with Snake Eyes. He opens the film with like a twenty-minute single take shot. Oh, my favorite! And it goes on. Like, there's a there's a moment where like she starts walking to the side, and one of them grabs her, like putting her back in frame. Like it's very deliberate. It's very, I think, self-conscious. Uh, and it is an info dump. And like, I I don't quite know why he does that long shot at that moment. Like, I don't know what he's what he's saying with that. But mm-hmm. it may just be like, oh, yeah, this is the info dump. So let's kind of make it into something by making it kind yeah. of like you're because you're watching it. And I didn't know anything about this shot when I watched the movie, but I'm watching it as it's going on. Like as soon as it was over, I had to look up. I'm like tracking shot in like, oh, yeah, four minutes at the time. Longest tracking shot or something. Uh, yeah, it was really gorgeous. Yeah, and it is. And and Francis Sternhagen's is really funny, too, in this. And that's not even one of the info dumps I was thinking about. That one was fine where's the
2: other one? The other one is, um, um... there's one towards the end. Uh, Strike me down for not remembering a little bit better, but there's just like, and this happened and then this, 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 and this. And I was just like, Oh, stop it. Um, but I did, you know, like I, there's so much other stuff going on Mm -hmm. in it. Like, all right, if that's what you're doing for, even if it's to be, if it's to really like, to give people information or if you're just Kind of doing this thing like I'm going to Over explain the, 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 the Psychology behind this now Then that's fine either one you're doing is Fine because there's so much other stuff going on Yeah
1: yeah, and it fits in this world Too somehow Yeah, Like e- even in this movie where you've had Dream after dream after dream And random Flashback and like so much Going on that doesn't quite fit it, somehow it fits To have a, like really long expositional Scenes yeah um, the uh, what was I gonna say? With the expositional scenes, I had something. Oh, I think as much as this is clearly indebted to Psycho and also Peeping Tom, like yeah. all the stuff about the dad essentially raising his child as the to, experiment. To for, yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. That is yep. totally Peeping Tom. Uh, I have to wonder too if this movie was uh, influential on Split. I thought that too. There were shades of split in it for sure. Yeah, or I mean, aside from it being split, about yeah. a character with multiple personalities, there's also—and I might be wrong about this—the um, one one of John Lithgow's personas in this movie is named Margot, and she's a female, and she's very proper, and she's like the caretaker. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 Isn't that the Isn't that the name of the female in Split? Let me look it up I I right. Be wrong second about that. You. And even if I'm wrong about the name, it feels very much like the same type of character. It, a hunt. You're a hundred percent right. It does. Is I th- th- yeah. I absolutely thought that as well. Yeah, like it's the same. Like the way she stands. Like she stands. For, within... Perhaps
2: it was Patricia. Is what IMDb Maybe might Patricia. be telling Yes, me.
1: Patricia. Okay, so I'm wrong about the names. But so but. you have Patricia and Tamargo, and then you also have when in one scene, it's during the um hypno- hypnosis scene because yep. you always had to have a hypnosis scene in the late '80s, early '90s. Of course. Um, when John Lithgow is a little boy. Mm-hmm. And again, it felt very much like Split when uh, James McAvoy's channel is the little boy. Yeah, uh, and it could just be coincidence of you know having to do that, but I, I really it. wonder if it was influential on M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan,
2: I, I it would be bizarre if it wasn't. Exactly, there is yes. a lot of stuff there mm-hmm. to indicate that it was. Yep.
1: Um, the. Yeah, I don't know what else I have. Um, let's let's talk about the ending because I think it. I, this is how, what I how I remember this movie mm-hmm. is. I, again, I remember my parents coming home from the movie theater and hating it, and I think my brother then saw it and hated it, and I just remember him talking about the stupid slow motion ending. Yes. So the climax. So of So like movie, the very 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 end. Not the um, coda. Not the after. John Lithgow is shot. The scene of the baby carriage. Okay, I loved it. I did did too. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is this I mean, it probably goes on for maybe like two minutes or so of this perfect storm of I'm trying to have it all set up in my head and I don't, but there is a baby carriage, somebody's holding a baby. And he's dropping the baby as he's getting shot, and the gun might hit uh, Lilita Davadovich's. Yep. And
2: there's a bag of groceries and yep. a car backing there's up,
1: oranges. Yeah, it's like all of this kind of crazy things happening at once, and it's a slow motion. Um, what do you call, what do you call that? Uh, What's uh, not a Rubik's Cube? What's the name Ru- for the Goldberg? Device? Yes, thank you. <laughs> 100%. A Rubik's I, Goldberg I, Cube. I, I reveled in that.
2: I was like, okay, what's going to happen? This is going to be horrible. Yeah. Somebody's going to get impaled because she had that dream.
1: Yeah. And, it was... and the car's going to hit them. Or the archer's going to fall. Or the baby's going to fall. And it, it is. It's so, I guess, what's the word? Cinematic. It's so kind of <laughs> over the top. Yep. It is melodramatic to the extreme. Uh, and I could see somebody that is expecting to be watching a, like, sexy thriller is going to be pissed off at this because they're not going to enjoy that. That's not what they thought they were getting from this movie. It's not the sexiest, that's true. No, no. Um, but it's it's great and weird. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to have you know something. So the Emmy Awards are on right now. And I guess know. Who just won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actor in a Television Drama? Please tell me. I'm going to give you one guess. Okay. I don't know who's nominated. I forgot. Um, John Lithgow. Yes. <laughs> Fuck you. Really? Yes. He won what for the was crown. Nominated for? The crown, the Netflix show about the queen. oh, I have not, I have no knowledge of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how about that, folks? Look, look at us because we're recording about John Lithgow. He won an Emmy. I don't think he thanked us in his speech, but I had it on mute, so I could be wrong. You're, you're welcome, everyone. Uh, indeed, uh, one of my friends just texted me, "Mother is horrible. Don't see it."
2: I. Look, we could just go on I, I've not seen um a Darren Aronofsky movie that I like.
1: I don't I don't really one like, like the wrestler. Wrestlers. Yeah. Um I love the wrestler, I uh, love pie. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I, I kinda to wanna to see eat this pie. One. I as do I.
2: But I've not seen one that I've enjoyed. I am kind of fascinated by people's reactions to this though.
1: Me too. I kind of love the idea that everybody either loves it or hates it. And yeah. more people apparently hate it. Yeah um all right so what else do you have to say about raising Kane? um when i will say i have one one thing and one thing
2: only when she walks into the store in the mall to buy the clock yes clocks plural but yes when she walks in to buy the clocks and it's all those clocks just the way that it's filmed and then all the clocks going off is is easily on my list of top five um to palma shots nice. i just lo-
1: i loved it so much yeah yeah i mean it this feels like a movie it feels like he's having a lot of fun making this movie and i know it kind of is it's a-, a good one yeah yeah this came after bonfire of the vanities which was mm-hmm. which i've never seen but is very infamous because it was huge budget based on huge novel with a huge cast and it was a flop and it was poorly received both critically and by audiences. And it kind of feels like Raising Cane is him kind of going back to like, okay, what do I know how to do? I know how to do like, you know, kind of sexy Hitchcock thrillers, but I want to have fun with it. Damn it. And yeah, like when you want to have fun with the movie, you get John Lithgow to be in your movie. So when you have him play five roles in your movie, you're really going for that fun. Yeah,
2: it. When I first, I mean, I, I had kind of avoided because people say there's a twist in it, you know. So I kind of avoided really knowing anything about it. Um, but when I was realizing that it was gonna be split personalities, I was like, oh no, I'm not gonna like right, that right.
1: because it's such an easy oh. thing to fall on. Yeah, and especially around this time, I'm. I was a Days of Our Lives watcher, and boy, do I remember the split personality episodes of Days of Our Lives. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I just thought, like, this, not that I have anything, there's any problems with that, but it's, it's gonna be, have a bit maybe of an older perspective on it, mm-hmm. and maybe a not very progressive mentality, sure. and I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna have trouble with this one, huh, but no, I liked it a yeah. lot, I thought it was really great.
1: It was just fun, it yeah. had a fun energy about it, um, and like the hero of your film, essentially being Frances Sternhagen, in some ways, like that makes me really oh, happy. It, she was great. It she was, was so nice to see. And that in that long tracking shot, she's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And she's this tiny woman in a terrible wig, and she acknowledges her terrible wig, uh, and it's just like it's an enjoyable, enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So, are you about ready to rate it? Oh, uh, yes. All right, Christine. Quality of film. 8.5. Wow. Look at you going, I up there. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I'm going to go a little lower. I don't know that it's um, 8 territory for me. I'm going to go 7.25. Okay. I think it's solid and I think it's fun. I don't know that it all fits together, but it's enjoyable. Uh, quality of life. 8.75. Wow. I'll go 7.75. I enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. And I feel like after, because there's still De Palma films I haven't watched, I still haven't seen Blowout um, or Blow Up. Which one? Blowout. Okay, that one. Um, There's still some of the other ones, and I feel like I'll get back to this after I've seen all of his films, and maybe I'll see different things in it. Uh, Just because it, again, feels very much like him playing with what he's good at and such. All right. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension.
0: Three little unexpected children simultaneously. The doctor brought us, and you can see there will be three forever ending. E I O. You would know how agonizing being triplets can be. Each one is individually the victim of that clinical day. E I O. Every summer we go away to Baden, Baden, Baden. Every winter we come back home to (laughs) Wow. We do everything alike. We look alike. We dress alike. We walk alike. We talk alike. And what is more, we hate each other very much. We hate our folks. We are sick of jokes. And what an odd it is to tell us apart. If one of us gets the measles, the other one gets the measles, then all of us gets the measles and mumps and flu. Now and then we have a fight, a little fight. We throw our food at. We're to to back with
1: 1984's The Adventure of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Christine, hit it. Yes. What, <laughs> what is this about? Yep. Um, uh, in oh. two sentences, what is this about? Um...
2: Oh, it's going to take me too long to think of the two sentences. <laughs> But it's basically a story set in an in an alternate reality where Buckaroo Banzai is this um catch-all hero that can do everything and he and his band of misfits um travel across the the, the world solving crimes or <laughs> um, i don't know if there's shades of that but like they're like heroes that know science in medicine and music.
1: It's kind and, of like, if you remember, is it season um, four or five of Buffy, the episode Superstar, where Jonathan oh my God, is, like, everything? This <laughs> is yeah. kind of like that. He's, yeah, he's good with the ladies. Yep. And
2: he's got, like, there's a lot of, like, stuff in his past that we don't really touch on, but we know it's there. Right. Um, so it's kind of like we just, ju- which is my favorite thing to do, you just jump into like in a like a reality that is already fully fleshed out,
1: right? And, and it's you, just kind of like, oh, we have to catch up, right? You you because, are in this world supposed to just accept that the um, smartest man in the world is also in a rock band, and he's also like a surgeon sometimes, and yep. there's comic he books has, about like him. Bus.
2: Yep. Yeah. So yes, it's exactly like Jonathan in um, that episode of Buffy. Yeah. That is
1: perfect. Review over. Yep. I it's wish fun. I had thought of that while I watched the movie because I think it would have made everything make more sense.
2: That was that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfectly put. But also it's about aliens and um, stopping the aliens yep. and so like again it's this this scenario that gets dropped into this universe that's already fully fleshed out. So it's kinda of feels almost episodic.
1: Oh, it does. And you right. know, it it ends on a note where it's you know, Buckaroo Banzai will be back in the yeah. title of the next movie. And that didn't happen because this movie did not do well. Yeah, there should be a million of them. That, that was the idea, I'm sure. Now, you had ne- we had both never seen this, right?
2: I have, I had seen it, yeah.
1: Okay. You had I not? Just,
2: I had. Oh, okay. I had seen it. I remember liking it. I remember not remembering a lot of it. Um, But I knew that I liked it, and I knew Clancy Brown was a fox. Oh, around.
1: my God, is he hot in this movie.
2: Like, like I'm... Hundred percent Clancy Brown all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Clancy Brown is an ageless, yep, wonderful, handsome man. Um but he's fantastic in this movie.
1: Yeah, he's like on my on like my list, like my top top list, it's like Michael Shannon, Viggo Mortensen, Clancy Brown. Clancy uh, Brown's the best. Yeah. And he's young in this and Thank he you. my key is a whoo whew, whew. is all I'll say. Yes. Needed more of him. I'll, I'll say yes. that much. Um, you also get um, young, sexy nerd, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, so this is where I go, is Jeff
2: Jeff Goldblum's always just, just Jeff Goldblum? Huh? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. I think he's great in it. The cast is amazing. And this
1: cast is insane. So aforementioned.
2: Everybody is in it. Yeah, everyone is in it. Um,
1: let's see who else we get. All right, we get uh, Peter Weller, obviously, is Buckaroo Banzai Yes. Uh, we get uh, Vincent Chiavelli and Dan Hidea as aliens. Yes. Christopher Lloyd as an alien. Um, we get a. I was excited, by like some of the little people that pop up, like yep. Jonathan Banks from uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, shows up, and like it was one of those. This guy's on screen. I'm like, is that him? And yeah, because he's an the first actor, time he showed up I wasn't sure yeah, But then he, he like turned around or something Yeah or it was the way he said something I'm like oh that's totally him yeah. um, Rosalind Cash who I just saw In Killer Workout um, <laughs> Yeah it's it's a Ridiculous cast uh, And Ellen Barkin of course is The woman Which yes. I think is fair to say because I'm pretty Sure there's one other female character in the <laughs> entire movie Look that this is that's the Failing of this movie Very much yeah and oh, I didn't for realize. Me, the... For me, that's the only failing of this yeah. movie. Um, Laura Harrington is the other woman from Maximum Overdrive. Uh, but, yeah, that that is definitely a sore spot, is that it, you know, and even, like, there's a scene where, like, when when you assemble all of them and they're all walking and you're like, why is there only one woman in yeah. this group? So, yeah, unfortunate, but of its time, certainly. Um. And let us talk a little bit about John Lithgow. Yes. Uh, When you first saw John Lithgow in this movie, now obviously we both knew he was in it, um, but the way he first shows up, how excited were you? Yeah, it was nice to see him. But he's in a mental asylum. He's got crazy hair. He's got crazy teeth. He's electrocuting his his face. His accent's a little all over the place. I love his accent. Uh, so he's supposed to be italian right he is based yes he apparently based it off of his tailor there's parts where he does not sound italian no he sounds like an an alien trying to be italian (laughs) yeah and Um, that works for me i don't know about you
2: i I did i enjoy him quite a bit in this um he is a very good bad guy Mm
1: -hmm. um he's very very funny The way he speaks, he does this thing I wrote down. It's like he's biting his R's when a word ends with an R. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like he is, like, chewing on it. Like, literally scenery chewing, but doing it with his actual dialogue. Um, It is glorious. And it is, like, just, again, there is a certain line uh, of how crazy can an actor be in a movie and still make it work and not, like... It's. I can't remember who said this, but I read this somewhere. Somebody made a great point where they said, "John Lithgow knows how and when to steal a scene." Mm-hmm. So, so it's not. It doesn't overstay his welcome. It's crazy when it needs to be crazy and just bizarre and wonderful. Yeah, he's not obnoxious, and he very easily mm-hmm. could be. Yes, definitely. Um, so. The which version did you watch the theatrical release or the extended? Do you know the theatrical? I don't think it was the extended. Yeah, I rented this from my library and I was excited because I saw they had um, extended version. So I started watching that. I watched it last night and I was really tired and it started falling asleep. I had a couple of beers, too. (laughs) Um, And and my disc started skipping. It was getting bad. Then I took the disc out and realized it looked like somebody let their cat scratch it a little bit. Uh, so then I ended up renting it on Amazon and it was the theatrical version. Uh, and I'm sure there's many more differences. The the major difference is that the films start completely differently. Mm-hmm. So the theatrical version begins with a Star Wars like scroll of. So Buckaroo Banzai is a rock star and a scientist and this and this and this. And this uh, whereas the extended version opens with a sort of home video of his parents doing the experiment, like the original, the original experiment when they disappeared. Yeah. So again, it's, it's a different way to start a movie. Certainly. I kind of preferred the scroll in a way uh, because it just immediately told you this is the world we're in, by the way. And Mm -hmm. that that was, that in itself worked for me. Yep. Um, The, another interesting behind the scenes, thing of the film is it had two cinematographs it started director of photography was the guy who did blade runner oh okay um and then the producer didn't want didn't like what he was going for and so they replaced him with whoever the final guy was i don't know his name um but as a result the movie i think was originally intended to be much more colorful much more kind of wacky visuals and yep. instead it is not at all it is earth um, with some crazy things happening, as opposed to a sort of crazy reality. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. Um, yeah, what did you think of the look of the film?
2: I mean, it's clear that it's not in like my universe or my world, but it's not. It's not. It's not a particularly I didn't think I don't think find this to be a particularly visually striking film. Uh, yeah, I don't think it is at all. I don't want to like. I don't mean that in a mean way. I was trying to find a way to phrase it. Like it, it's a good looking movie. Like it looks good. And, um, but it's not like you don't know like oh look at that or oh this this the way this is mm-hmm. framed, or, like, and, and the the set the dressings for the sets, it it, it fits with the tone of the movie which is a bit goofy. True, true. And it's not it's not like this for me it's more the world bi- building in this that's that's visionary and not,
1: like, the way it looks. Mm-hmm. The, um, um... I like the look of the alien. I like the alien masks. Yeah! I think they're <laughs> really impressive because do. they... Like, and they look like the actors in a way. Like, somehow, they're, like... When, like, Vincent Chiavelli is wearing a mask, you can so see true. that they made it somehow to channel Vincent Chiavelli.
2: You can tell who everybody is when you they can, have the mask yeah. It's not just, like... It's not just like this this one size fits all exactly yeah thing yeah it, I noticed that too at first I thought it was just me because I knew because for sure. me they're they're also recognizable very much but, yeah but like it's no it's not you can totally tell who they are yeah yeah which is cool
1: yeah do totally the I think see I think I I would have probably liked it to have more pop visually yeah uh, it should like a, in my opinion, like a really bright neon-y, like yeah. I don't
2: know like 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 a like a really striking thing,
1: but it's not like it I wish to... yeah the universe was as fun as kind of the setup yeah. was, and for me, I started it last night and I was watching the DVD didn't have subtitles, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm getting old and hard of hearing if my air conditioner is just very loud or if my TV is not is getting softer. But I fa- I was having a really hard time because I really couldn't hear a lot, and so today I basically rewatched the first like half hour watching it on Amazon Prime where I could put the subtitles on, and it dawns on me now thinking about it how much all that world building is all dialogue in the yeah. beginning, like yep. it is it is all just characters talking in a way where you're like. Okay, so you're a scientist or something and you're in a you're you're inviting this guy to be in your rock band. Okay, now I got it. Wait, why is he dressed like a cowboy? Okay, that's not yeah. a thing? Okay, we'll go with it. It's so yeah, the
2: world building, it's very much the costuming too and like like things that don't make sense but right. are being treated
1: like they do. And that's what's kind of weird about it in thinking now like the costumes are so deliberate. Like you have Jeff Goldblum dressed like a cowboy. Yeah. You have Ellen Barkin in this pink fringe dress. Like yeah. clearly, like like some, like The costume department like had a vision for every character, and it's very clear what they're supposed to look like. But yet the set and the filming is so flat. And I, I, I mean, to to in part that was a decision, but it also almost feels like a missed opportunity. The same time I say that, like, other movies that kind of tried to do that at this time also didn't work, so, or didn't, you know, make money, I guess is what I'm saying. hmm And again, it's a kind of movie that, like, I'm sure if you saw this as a kid, you were devastated that there weren't more of, but it's, like, I said the same thing when Valerian came out last month, I guess. Yeah. I looked at the trailer for that movie, and I said, that movie is going to bomb in the United States it yep. is, it has no stars it is not about an existing property that anybody that the mass audience is familiar with and all the people are going to say in 5 years they're going to do the say the same thing they said about the fifth element and say oh audiences didn't give this movie a chance and it wasn't blah, blah, blah. and all of you people out there you're the audience that isn't going to see it no i haven't seen valerian i have no idea if it was any good but it was that kind of i'm going to make an ambitious movie that's not quite like anything you've seen um of the time it doesn't find an audience in a mainstream way and Mm -hmm. i'm not surprised that this movie did not
2: yeah you know when they say like this movie's a you know you could tell it's a cult like this is like a cult movie yeah i I don't like that those term that terminology but like the first time i saw it that's what struck me like Just, you know, what you just said, like, oh, people thought this was going to be something that would mainstream. (laughs) This is clearly a cult movie (laughs) with big fat air quotes. But, like, it is. It's it's so wacky. And, like, the jokes, there's jokes in it. It's got jokes. But they're very
1: of a specific... Type of humor. jokes about Orson Welles doing uh, wine commercials.
2: Yes, and they're very they're they're funny and but they're very quick and sarcastic yep. at times and it's a witty movie and that sometimes doesn't doesn't play if that if it
1: if people aren't ready for it. Yeah, yeah. And this is now. It was directed by um, W. D. Richter, who. Oh. This was his only, like, real, he did, I guess, one other film called Late for Dinner. Uh, he was more known as a writer, and he wrote um, a couple of screenplays of interest, including the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers,
2: ah, which is, I, I believe, it.
1: where he probably met Jeff Goldblum. Uh, and he also wrote Big Trouble in Little China.
2: Yes. Zach says the thing about how the Big Trouble in Little China's sequel to this. Ah, uh, That's a whole thing that people say. I'm not going to pretend like I understand.
1: I will say that if I had to compare this to any, if I had to think what movie does this remind me of tonally or like, because it is a unique film. It is not like most films. I think Big Trouble in Little China is the one that would come to my mind of like, maybe this, because it's sort of like a similar where it's playing on being this grand adventure, but it has all this stuff that doesn't quite line up the way you expect it to. Mm -hmm. Um, So it makes perfect sense to me that he did the same thing. Uh, and, really fun fact, you know what else this guy wrote? What? The screenplay to a little movie you watched last week called Needful Things. Oh, really? Yeah, isn't that interesting? Needful Things is very good. I know, I know. <laughs> interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he didn't direct much more after this, and he actually... I don't know what he's been doing with his life, but it has not been screenwriting <laughs> because he is last. He had a screenwriting credit in 1995. Uh, and then in 2005, he wrote stealth, which is um, something uh, with Josh Lucas, Jessica Biel, Jamie Foxx, Sam Shepard. What? Is this uh, movie? I've never seen. Okay. Movie, I, know, um, I know what that is. Yeah. Wait, is he alive? Yeah, he's alive. He just hasn't been writing, I guess, or just his stuff isn't being made into stuff. Yeah. Um, other than the Big Trouble in Little China remake that has been announced. Ugh. With... I, have no,
2: I have no problem with remakes, but I will be very surprised if this one is a good, cohesive movie.
1: Um, currently, the only cast member listed is a rumored cast member, and it is your boy Dwayne the Rock Johnson.
2: Oh, I did hear that. That's going to be a completely different movie. Like, obviously, right, I mean... Right. I... No, it's not going to be the same movie But clearly they're going for a
1: different thing Well, we'll see Um. So what, what was your experience the first time you watched this? I was surprised I didn't
2: realize it was going to be I mean, with a title like that You would think, but I didn't realize it was going to be as As goofy And mm-hmm. that there would be I mean, everybody, everybody in the movie is playing it really straight
1: Yes, and that's the but, key To a movie like this, I think
2: but, which which i loved yeah but the humor was very unexpected and, and very successful for me it is kind of my sense of humor so it worked really well i didn't pick up the first time i think how little um it's ellen barkin right i don't know yes. why i just blanked out her name how little she does yeah and it's how kind of she's like a, a void she's even a bit like it's almost like they Anything to do, either any, either, and I don't. I, I like her as an actress. Yeah, me too. But she's a bit of a charisma void in this too. Like, let her do stuff. Yeah. Let her, let her be in there, doing mixing yep. it up a little yep. bit, like getting jokes in or something. Um. So that's unfortunate. But I remember liking it and being surprised how much I like it because it was often presented to me as something you won't like because you're a girl. Ooh, burn. Like, and I get, I, I. Guess I get why someone would say that. I mean, if you're gonna say that, but it's funny, and like mm-hmm. I think if I had seen this as a kid, I would have loved it. Mm-hmm.
1: I had, I will say, I couldn't fully get into this movie, and really? it may be because of the way I watched it. I like I said, I watched started watching it last night. Yes. i didn't hear it that well. Um, I resumed it this morning with the subtitles on, and. I wanted to enjoy this movie more than I did. I really like it. I think, again, I all these things we're saying about it, I really appreciate. I think it's a funny, unique, weird movie with this awesome cast. Uh, mm-hmm. It's doing a lot of really cool things. But I couldn't give myself over to it the way I wanted to. Like, I wasn't lost in this movie. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just the scenario with which I ended up watching this uh, or if it's just, you know, if it was just for whatever reason, I wasn't connecting to it on a like, per, not personal level. Um, but I mean, it's kind of like what I was saying about it before. Like mm-hmm. it just didn't scare me. I liked watching it I could You know I could admire things about it I could tell you what what worked And what was good about it Um, But it never scared me It never like grabbed me At a different place And I felt a little bit about that With this movie It just never fully Pulled me in Um, Like any Like I had to pause it To get to use the bathroom I had to pause it to get water And I wasn't like sad About doing any of that
2: Yeah It I if it I I get it I get it I I really I don't know I I enjoy it quite a bit and mm-hmm. i the real downfall for me is is how zilchy that lady character yep. is yep 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 that that it would be for for me it would be like way up there like as as like an amazing weird cross cross genre strange almost satirical movie but like th- that makes me go like eh, yeah it hurts something it. else i can yeah. put on yep i hear but you. i think it's funny and i like it and this is one of the only times that i think robocop is cute
1: he's cute oh, in he's adorable
2: movie. i i in general you don't find him attractive no hmm. he's got a bit of a weird
1: head <laughs> it's just because a robocop You're, you're expecting <laughs> that he should have a metal head that, that might be true. I think he's a tremendous actor.
2: I just, for me, have never been like, "Oh, what a heartthrob!" Right, right. But this, where <laughs> he's singing and playing movie, the trumpet, he looks like he looks like Clark Kent a couple times in this movie, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "All right,
1: hey, um,
2: this is a very attractive cast." So. For... <laughs> There's a bit of a a boy crazy thing that kicks in for me in this. That's fair. That's fair. She's
1: like, "Look at how cute everybody is." Okay, hey, we've watching, all but... wanted to see Vincent Chiavelli as an alien. Don't you don't have to kid with me. Uh, I love him so He's much. Great. He's so great.
2: It's a very funny movie. I liked it a lot. Maybe if you were in different circumstances, would you consider rewatching it? So definitely like...
1: yes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this would be fun to watch with a group of people who love this movie. Yeah. Because I think that could be a really, like, with that crowd energy. I think also, like, I'm home alone today. Like, you know, and the cats weren't, like, they weren't paying attention. I think that might have, you know, played in. But, yeah, I think this would be a fun group movie to watch with people that know it and, like, anticipate it. I think, yeah, definitely. (laughs) So there was a moment where Christine and I both crossed over into the Eighth Dimension. It was terrifying. It was a little scary. Um, Instead of bringing back an alien life form, we just kind of crashed Skype. Yep. Uh, But as a result, I'm looking at my cats, and suddenly they look like aliens. Oh, no. That's terrifying. Let's hope that they're the good aliens. Um, I can't tell yet. They haven't quite caught on. Do they have a pink bakery box with them? Um, no, they don't have, they still don't have opposable thumbs, so it would be hard for them to I carry know. it. Yeah. Okay. It's a problem. Checks out. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out if I'm still around for the next episode. But with that being said, do you have any more to say about The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension? Just that I like it, and it's funny, and the, there's,
2: there's cuteness in it, and I wish the lady was better. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that those are That's all That's my valid. review. <laughs> that, that, that is the best review you're going to get uh they i don't know if they still give pulitzers out for movie critics but you should have you earned it just now you did
2: i would have never guessed that it would have been for buckaroo bonsai who knew who knew
1: so with that being said quality of film i'm gonna go seven i was yeah yep i was hovering around 6.75 okay so yeah that therefore you're right (laughs) Thank you. I realized I said it like a question. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of times I feel like you need a little validation in your in your Uh, numbers. You're very no. You could have just
2: you could have just stopped it. Sometimes I think you need a little validation. (laughs) You
1: don't even need to put a qualifier in there. (laughs) I validate you any day, dear. Oh, thank you. Quality of life. 7.5. Yeah, I I enjoyed this. Again, I didn't, um, for whatever reason, I didn't enjoy it quite as much as I really wanted to, but it did have hot, young Clancy Brown looking really hot and sounding really, like, he got to talk a lot, which is, he's got a great voice. Uh, So I'll go 7, as far as that goes. Uh, All right, that is The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. It is uh, not streaming for free anywhere that I know of. Um, You can rent it on Amazon Prime. You can go to your library and get a very scratched copy of it that has been scratched by Alien Cats. Um, But uh, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely one I think any movie fan should watch. If nothing else for that cast and for the, whoa, look at that person, and so on. And you get to see I Jeff agree. Goldblum dressed like a cowboy. Oh, so cute and yes. funny. Very cute. Uh, okay, now do we have, I know I have, do you have, um, streaming recommendations for next time? I do. Okay. So I'm going to say that a movie that I talked about
2: like a couple months ago now called Hounds of Love,
1: Hounds is, of now, love.
2: is now on Hulu. Oh. It is a, for, a non-American, I can't remember what, country, it's from Australia, I just made that up don't quote me on it, <laughs> but it's um, an international um, kind of kidnap movie that's really amazing and I loved it so very much and I'm really glad that people can watch it now mm. it's on Hulu, Hounds of Love I recommend it, so hard watch it, and cool. the other thing that I say that you should watch is it's on Amazon Prime um, and it's called Into the Forest
1: and <gasps> um... Yeah, you should watch it, because I told you to watch it a few weeks ago.
2: (laughs) I know! I slept on it hard. I didn't watch it forever. And then I did. And you really liked it? I fucking loved it. Isn't it good?
1: This, this is the movie, why the other for one those who, who don't remember, because then is... you wouldn't have known how oh, right I'm you so were. I'm so proud of you. Yes. This is Ellen Page and Rachel Evanwood and their sisters, and there's uh, kind of an apocalypse going on. The electricity goes out, and it's just the two of them in their house in Washington or Canada. Probably Canada, but they probably say Washington. I think they say Washington. Yeah. Um, Wasn't it, it was just good, right? I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. It. I'm,
2: tell me if I break up, but if I don't, I'm going to say to you um what i loved so much about it was that it did everything that a post-apocalyptic movie would do it just didn't do it in the way i expected mm-hmm. yeah so it was so by the book and so predictable but like not in the way you would ever mm-hmm. think
1: yep. it, it was really great yeah and they're both great. Um, they they play sisters really well. Very right about it. The sister dynamic is so good. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it, it's just a really good movie. Uh, I want to see more by that director. Yep. Yeah. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. You good? So good. Recommend from you. Uh, I do what I can. Uh, <laughs> I have another. I have a good recommend for you now too. Um, oh, okay. On also on Amazon Prime, which is again beating Netflix at this point. Um, Yes. This is a movie I've talked about before. I watched it after Will from The Gentleman's Guide um, spoke very highly of it, and it finally has come streaming, and this is Sleep Tight, which is the movie by one of the guys who did Wreck. So this always confuses me, because there's two directors of Wreck, the Wreck series, and like they kind of split, and one of them like went on to do some movies and one went on to the others. And this is Juame Balacuero. Um, so uh-huh. he did, let me see the other films he did. He also did. Um, Wreck four. He also did, which I actually wasn't crazy about, but um, sleep Tide's great. It is about a young woman who is just a nice young woman who lives in an apartment And the doorman of her apartment building is a sociopath who develops this fixation on her. And Mm -hmm. basically he just wants – he is, like, bothered by the fact that she is nice and cheerful and smiling. And so he kind of decides he wants to destroy. He wants to, like, wipe that smile off of her face. So he starts to drug her when she goes to sleep and kind of do things to her apartment, or her life – it is so primal it's that like i have such a fear of like somebody messing with me when i'm asleep kind of thing yeah and this movie does that and it's chilling um and it has a super disturbing ending um and it's like it's it's a movie to watch when you're like when you don't need to be happy like it's not it's a movie that will depress you i think but it's done so well and the lead actor is great he's horrifying um and it's you know, it's it's really good and really upsetting, and everybody should watch it when you feel like being upset. That is Sleep Tight on Netflix.
2: On ne- no, on um, Amazon, on Amazon said, Prime.
1: Right? Oh my god, yeah. wipe that out of me, jeez. After Amazon. I spent an entire episode repping for how good Amazon Prime has been,
2: I'll have to look for it. I don't think I've seen this come by. It sounds good. Yeah, it.
1: Um, it again, I've only seen it on Amazon Prime now, and I I think you'd really dig it. Again, it's upsetting, but I think you'd like it good <laughs> again when you want to be upset okay yeah. so now um christine and i during our when we were in the eighth dimension uh we had an idea uh which is uh, <laughs> october is coming up so next episode's obvious going to be something spooky and such uh, and i said to christine you know what's coming out the end of October?" what is um, the next saw movie because apparently... and,
2: and I yelled the next saw movie yes. I already know. Christine
1: was really excited and then like instantly how went...
2: Keith rennie is in it my boyfriend do I you know who that is um, yes if you saw him you hundred percent know who he is
1: I'm just gonna believe you sure like, nobody left to be in the saw movies because I think every main character is dead by now um Including Jigsaw, obviously. But so I kind of said, I, I'm planning on rewatching the series before that movie comes out because I'm curious to kind of watch it. I've never done that. I've never sat down and watched all of them. Uh, and I said, why don't we cover them? And Christine said, okay. So we don't know the specifics yet. If we're going to do like two movies at a time or three movies and then four movies or what, we'll figure that out. Uh, but the next episode will be at least Saw 1 and 2, possibly three.
2: They're all yes, pretty short. I mean,. So.
1: What else can you say about that? <laughs> We're going to find out. Oh, boy. I don't like the second one. Um, I, but. you know, I, I thought I had very clear opinions on where I stand on all of them. Oh, like I, I can't th- wait. I think I could give you, like, my rundown order would be, okay, probably part six to part two, part three, part one, part seven, part five, I think. Is that, this that... going to sh-
2: shock the nation? Are you
1: going to change your ordering? I might. I don't know. I, it's, some of those movies I've only seen once. I've only seen the last one once. I've only seen five once because I hated mm-hmm. it so much. Um, yeah, and it's been, it's been a while since I've seen any of the sequels. So I I am really weirdly looking forward to sitting down and watching these dark, grisly movies of that define 21st century horror in a way. Oh, hooray. Yeah. How about that? All right. So until then, folks, um, come talk to us over on Twitter at Feminine Podcast uh, or on Facebook at our group, The Feminine Critique. Yes. Uh, That's pretty much it. Um, Congratulations, John Lithgow. We dedicate this episode to Emmy Award winner, Emmy Award winner, John Lithgow. John Lithgow. Good night, folks.
0: You gotta have skin All you really need is skin Skin's the thing that if you got it outside It helps keep your insides in It covers your nose And it's wrapped around your toes And inside it you put lemon meringue And outside you hang your clothes Skin is what you feel at home in. And without it furthermore, both your liver and abdomen would keep falling on the floor and you'd be dressed in your intestine. A Siamese win, needs an extra set of skin. When the doctor knows that you're feeling sick, where does he stick his needle in? of your skin all your friends and all your kin folks whether poor or whether rich and they have all got lots of skin folks it's convenient when they itch nothing can match it when you scratch it it fits perfectly yours fits you and mine fits me when you're sitting down, it folds and looks grand. And then when you stand, it's where it's been. Ain't you glad you got skin? When you were just a little baby, well, your skin fit fine. And it still is going to fit you when you're six foot nine. So whether you're fat, or big, small, chubby or thin, ain't you glad you got skin?